And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. When the centurion and those guarding Jesus saw the earthquake, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. After the Sabbath, as dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went with some other women to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, had rolled back the stone. The angel's appearance was like lightning, and the clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of the angel that they shook and became like dead men. Upon seeing that the tomb was empty, the women were frightened, wondering where Jesus' body might be. The angel exclaimed, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Christ is risen.
Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord be with you. Take a moment, if you will, and greet your neighbor with the peace of the Spirit. Well, I'd like to invite the children to come up if they'd like to come join me. Kids want to come up and join me? Come on up, kids. Why are all the lights out? Any kids Easter want to come up there? Welcome. Come on up. If this is your first time here, be sure to pick up a welcome bag at the connection site or welcome an information desk. I hope everyone will put their name on the friendship card that's in your bulletin. If you'd like to receive the church newsletter or need to update any information, be sure to fill in your address and telephone number. On the back, you can write prayer requests, blessings, or notes to the staff. Welcome to our church. Happy Easter. Good morning. Any other kids want to come? They're welcome. Come on up. You know what? Today is Easter, isn't it? Yeah. Did you guys find baskets and things? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Do you know what Easter started out? How it started? What happened? Well, Jesus died. But what happened on Easter? He came up out of the grave, right? That's why we have a cross for Good Friday, and we have an empty tomb for Easter. Yeah, you know, a lot of people think that death is kind of scary, and I understand that. It's, it's kind of like we don't know what's there, but that's why Jesus went and came back so we'd know what it's like and we'd know what's going on, all right? Anybody ever been out that door over there? Do you know what's behind that door? A playground. No. Yeah, seriously, there's a playground out there. How many of you have ever been to the ark? Yeah, you're going to go there for church school today. Then you come back later during the songs, okay? But the ark is right outside that door. You don't have to go all that long way around. Did you know that? It's right there. Can you believe that? Just outside that door. 
But, you know, if you've never seen it, it's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Because when you go to the ark, it's like a long ways out in a playground out there. Well, we'll find out, all right? Before we do that, let's see what you're thankful for, okay? Anybody thankful for something? Raise your hand. My friends and family. My dad and mom. My mom. The forgiveness of sins and life. My bed. Crazy stuff that happened on Easter. My mom and my grandma. Family and friends. Family and friends. My cat. My mom and my dad. We're going to pray, and then you're going to find out what's behind that door. Okay? All right. So let's pray now. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you give to us. We thank you for Easter, and we thank you for Jesus going and coming back so that we can know that it's safe for us if we trust in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys trust me? You think I'd take you some crazy place? No, I wouldn't do that. All the kids are welcome to come out to church school, but come this way. Come this way. We're going out the secret way. Come on up here. within our lives in the death and resurrection of his son, sending his spirit. What a wonder to exclaim. What a wonder to be thankful for. Let's continue in our worship as we bring our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings before the Lord.
dear Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day that we may gather and celebrate with you the resurrection. Lord God, we are so grateful. We bring our gifts before you and ask that you bless them. Bless all of the gifts, Lord, that you have given us for service and for drawing people to salvation in Jesus Christ. Give us wisdom, Lord God. We want to use these gifts well. Help us, Lord God, that we can do your will in this world and be the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And we know we have so many joys on a beautiful day like today, and we also have those things in our hearts that we're concerned for. And we do want to bring a couple of concerns before you this morning, and then you can join me either at the rail or in your seats um, in prayer as we offer those prayers up. Um, Karen Lamb, we want to keep her family, um, her and her family in our prayers. Um, her mom had passed away um, not long ago, and just this past week her father has also um, passed away, so she's, um, they're having that double, that double grief. And Claire Boleslaw is back in the hospital. We want to um, keep her lifted up and in our prayers as well. We know that you also have concerns in your heart. God knows what they are, even though they have been unspoken this morning. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we quiet our hearts before you in awe of the resurrection, in awe of the great power that you have over all creation as you are our creator, the creator of all things. Lord God, we lift up before you now all of those who are sick, who are infirm, who are in need of a healing touch from you, who are in need of strengthening, who are in need of your peace in the midst of the storm that they're in. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for those who are caring for people who are in need. We just ask in Jesus' name that you would empower them, that you would give them hearts of compassion, hearts of mercy, Lord and wisdom to know how to best care for those in need. Lord, we pray for those who are grieving losses of all kinds. We just ask that you would surround them with your love by your Holy Spirit. Bring people into their path who can bring words of comfort and condolence, who can be a presence that is comforting. Lord, we pray for all of those people, those in our lives, those in our communities who have walked away from you, who have walked away from your church. Lord, we pray that by your spirit you would continue to draw them. We pray that you would help them to see the power of the resurrection, their need of your love in their lives 
draw them to yourself, Lord God. Equip us, Lord, as your church, to be able to give them words of wisdom, to be able to be encouraging to them, to be able to help draw them back to their faith. We pray for all those who have never known you. We just ask, Lord God, that you would continue by your spirit to draw them toward yourself and that you would put in their paths all kinds of signs and words and people who can share your love with them. We do desire many to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray now as we continue in our worship We pray for this broken world. This broken world that needs to be filled with your love, that needs to be healed by your love, that needs to be touched by your grace. We pray that hearts would be open. We pray that the scales fall from blind eyes that they might see all the goodness that is you that they would come to faith in Jesus Christ and walk in that faith. Help us, Lord, to show your love wherever we go. Equip us as we hear your word, as we sing songs of praise, and as we hear the message you've given Pastor Tom for us this day. Even as we celebrate the sacrament later in the service, Lord, that you would use all of these things, work through them as means of grace, that equip us to do your work in this world. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and all things in this life as we celebrate today, to carry that celebration beyond into our whole week, into our whole lives, into the whole rest of the year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord? Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Our reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 32. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named 
Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared in their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jelaine. Does anybody know what event we celebrate on May 7th? Anybody remember? V-E Day. Victory in Europe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that from back 100 years ago, right? Well, almost, almost. Victory in Europe Day. We remember that the war was won. We remember the celebration. We remember the sailor kissing the girl in Times Square, right? But do we remember the battles that led up to it? The battle was won for us on Good Friday. We experienced that a couple days ago. The celebration of the victory is today. We celebrate what God has done. Easter... Easter is a celebration of the fact that we are Christians and it has changed our lives. Easter has changed my heart. Easter has changed my mind, changed my soul, and changed my actions. And Easter has changed the way I treat my neighbors. These past few weeks, we've been talking in church about people Jesus met on the road to the cross and how 
he loved them and how we can learn to love as Jesus loved following the commandment he gave in the, in the 13th chapter of John where he said, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So we've been exploring how did Jesus love people. Today we're going to turn the pathway around because now Jesus is meeting a couple of disciples on the way from the cross. Interestingly, Cleopas could be Jesus' uncle, his mother's sister-in-law's husband. You work that out. It's like second cousins twice removed, right? On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, met up with a gambler, we were both too tired to sleep. And we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness and boredom overtook us as we began to speak. And I don't think that song's message really is what resonates with us. Nobody cares what some gambler says about holding cards or anything like that, or even what it applies to life. It's that they're on a road bound to nowhere, a meaningless journey, Emmaus. I've looked at it, I've studied it, I've tried, and so have people for centuries. Nobody can find this place. It wasn't on any of the ancient maps. Nobody ever talked about it. It appears to be a town that doesn't exist. They were on a trip, seven miles from Jerusalem, heading away from where they're supposed to be, going nowhere with no purpose. These guys don't understand what's happening. They don't don't get what's going on. Jesus appears with them, and they don't recognize him. Now, we don't know why they don't recognize him. I find that hard to imagine. Maybe my uncle wouldn't recognize me. That's possible. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. It's been a week, not even a week. But they don't understand. And they say to Jesus, don't you know what's happened? We thought this Jesus guy was going to get rid of the Romans and make our life wonderful. We thought that all the unemployment would go away. We wouldn't have to worry about missiles from North Korea. We wouldn't have any problems in life anymore. We could take out loans and not pay them back and life would be good. All right? We thought he was going to save us from all our troubles. But now, we're sad. Because we watched him die on a, on a crucifix. And then some women, I think they're a little bit, kind of maybe they got into too much communion wine, because they're talking about that Jesus is alive. How can we believe that? None of this makes sense to us. And we can't find him. So we took a walk to nowhere, right? Isn't that what you do when you don't understand something? You just like walk away? And that's what they did. See, a lot of people know all about Jesus. They could tell you the whole story. They could tell you Easter. They could tell you Christmas. They could even tell you stuff in between. But they don't know Jesus. They wouldn't recognize him if he was standing right here. 
Far too many people think Christianity is some sort of moral code, a religion with mythology for the children to help them figure out things so that we don't have to teach them somebody else to do that. When we get older, we don't have time for that. They knew their religion, but they didn't know the way and the truth and the life that Jesus was offering. Sometimes it's hard. It's confusing in life to figure things out. And sometimes it's a struggle when we don't know our way. I've got a place out at Silver Lake. And if I tried to give you directions, it would sound something like this. You go down 20A and you turn on Silver Lake Road and you get to the end of the road. And when you get to the end of the road, you either turn left or right. It really doesn't matter. You can go up the hill or down the hill. And then when you turn left, you you go right. But if you turn right, you go left. And then you go down the street until you see a park. And when you see the park, you'll see a road down below the park. But you can't get to it from there. So you have to kind of drive and find this little road. And then we're in the middle of that road. You can't miss us. So, nowadays, it's a lot easier. They have cell phones. Back in the day, it was like trying to get them to come to our place. It was almost impossible. You'd have to actually get in a car and drive out to 20A and and let them follow you in. Show them the way. Now I just tell them when they get to that park, just stop, and I'll come up the road and wave to them. Down here, down here. Sometimes we need someone to show us the way. And so Jesus explains to them what was going on. The interesting thing is is God has decided to go out of his way for these two disciples. He's supposed to be in Jerusalem, meeting with the other apostles. Then he's supposed to go to Judea. Instead, he's on a road bound to nowhere, talking to two confused guys who haven't got a clue what's going on in their life. And God does the same thing for us. He goes out of our way, out of his way, To meet us where we are, in our confusion, in our brokenness, in our guilt, in our anxiety, in lives that are going nowhere and can't figure out what to do. I have a friend of mine that I meet down in Florida. Whenever we go down there, they live about three hours away from us, and so we meet in the middle at a place called St. Armand's Circle. Anybody ever been to St. Armand's Circle? It's a really cool place. It's got, got a circle, a traffic circle, and surrounded by all these shops and stores and some restaurants and a couple taverns. So we'll meet for lunch, and then our wives will go out to the shops, and we'll wander around through a couple shops. You ever watch guys shop? We don't shop well. We really don't. We walk in, we look, we go, okay, and then we walk out. So it doesn't take us very long to go through the stores, and we're done. And we find ourselves some dark, dingy place where we can just get a beverage and catch up with each other. Not exactly exciting. If it wasn't for the company, we wouldn't be doing it. I think a lot of people's lives are like that. You wander around, look at all the pretty things for a little bit real quick, and then when it's over, uh, let's get a drink and just forget about life for a little while. In Matthew, Jesus tells us, to repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. See, it's like right here, but we just can't seem to reach it. 
They wanted to talk about religion, so he talked to them about religion. He explained to them how the scriptures told them what would happen. They still didn't quite get it, but he told them. Because they didn't know the truth. They didn't know God. They were on a journey trying to avoid the pain. But it was leading nowhere but in circles. On May 2nd, 1945, a U-boat was commissioned in Germany. Now, when did I say was Victory in Europe Day? May 7th. So this is five days before Germany surrendered. This 24-year-old commander in his U-boat was told to go sink as many ships as he could in the British harbors. And they got in their little submarine, and they sailed out. And this 24-year-old decided, that's crazy. I mean, this war is done. Everybody can see this war is done. I'm not going to Britain to die. So he and his crew set off across the Atlantic Ocean for Argentina. For Argentina, because they knew that the path that people were telling them to go on was going to lead to nothing but death and destruction and pain for them and for others. So they just went completely the other way. Traveling underwater in a submarine. Five days before the war was over. See, a lot of us are living these kind of lives. We're just traveling along, trying to avoid something, but not heading towards anything. We want to get rid of all the negatives in our life, but we don't have anything to live for. You got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, hold on to what's affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You see, we've got the idea of getting rid of the negative, but we haven't figured out how to do the positive. Easter is a celebration that Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen. Not that Jesus came alive, not that Jesus was alive, not that Jesus rose from the dead, but that Jesus is alive right now, right here with us. And he's standing here in this room. If we're willing to see him, the battle's over. God decided to take all the brokenness, all the sin, everything you've ever done wrong in your entire life, everything, and forget about it. That's what he did on Good Friday. He said, I'll take the brokenness, I'll take the pain, I'll take the hurt, I'll take the sin. A perfect God took sin so that we didn't have to experience that penalty because he loves us. That's how Jesus loved. He stepped into the brokenness and turned brokenness into healing and despair into hope. And if we're going to love like Jesus, that's what God is calling us to do too. God is not looking for more, for more angry people, for Christians who yell and are, are judging and are hurtful. God is looking for people who know how to live in the celebration of God. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Do you want it as much as a puppy wants somebody to come home to him? We've been looking at the secret life of pets. Today's the last day. All right? What's it like when your animals see and hear you coming home? 
the sunlight hurts my eyes And something without want of love Is heavy on my mind Then I look at you Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be excited to see Jesus as his pets are to see their people. And you see all the people, they were all smiling. They're all happy. They were all celebrating because of unconditional love, which is what God offers us. Can we see Jesus with us? Will we choose Jesus can we see what's right in front of us? God's already chosen you. What he's waiting to decide is whether you want to be with him. It's interesting because in this story, it says that they were stopping along the way, and Jesus was going on. I don't want you to hear this the wrong way, but God has other things to do if you're not interested. God has a whole universe to run if you don't have any interest in the Lord of the universe. He'll just move on without you. But they said, wait, stay with us. And that's what God wants us to do, to make a decision. God, I want you with me. And we have to do it for ourselves. Our parents can't do it for us. Our grandparents, our children. God has no grandchildren. You can't give a faith of Jesus. You have to, you have to receive it yourself. They wanted him to stay. And he stayed. And he, he stayed. And it says that he took the bread. He gave thanks to God, and their eyes were opened, and they saw Jesus. Some people wonder, why do we celebrate this table so much? Because when we come to the table, it's the same as saying, I want Jesus. 
And our eyes, our hearts, our lives, our world is open to God. And then God changes us. How do we love? Jesus said, it's love the Lord your God without your, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. See, we don't need more anger. We don't need more judgment. We don't need more self-righteousness. We need the love that God gives because it's that love that changes people. I had all kinds of rules growing up, even legal rules growing up. And if I could, I found a way around every one of them, and I know you've done it too. Don't tell me you all drive 55 miles an hour on the road. I know it. Right? What would you do in the middle of the night when you come to a red light and it takes five minutes to change and there's nobody around? You do this. I know what you're doing. Are they out there? Anybody watching? I'm going. I didn't tell you. I just did that. (laughs) Rules don't change people. It's when a person's heart is opened up and transformed and they want to be different. This is how Ephesians talks about it. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up, building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. We're giving each other. This is a hard one. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Can you imagine what our life would be like if we forgave each other when when we got hurt? If we look to love one another? If we try to help each other? I know it changed my world. I know it changed my life, and it changed these disciples. Their eyes were open, and they saw what they couldn't see before. If you've never been to St. Armand Circle, it's got a lot of great shops and it's got some nice restaurants. But, you know, as I'd walk around with my friend, I'd say, there's just something missing here. Something that we just need something, one more thing to make it work. And one day we're walking down around this block. We'd walked around, you know, 20 times. And we started seeing these people in bathing suits. And I said, you don't think. Could there be? And we walked. 10 feet further than we'd ever walked before. And there was one of the most beautiful beaches. Sun shining, warm sand. And we didn't spend our day in a dingy old tavern. We spent our day in the sunshine. Enjoying the beauty that God gave. It was right past the bushes. We didn't know it. I tell you what, if we would have asked anybody in that town, they would have told us, well, it's right past the bushes. But no, we know everything, so we don't ask anybody. Well, I'm telling you because you came, so I assume that means you're asking. God wants to set your hearts on fire. We're not our hearts burning within us, they said. God wants to set your hearts on fire. He wants you to know him. He became known to them, they said, in the breaking of the bread. Ginkskos is what it is in, in, in Greek, which, which, which means to be, know somebody so close that there's no space between you. God is not some, some religion 
some ancient old guy that lived 100,000 years ago that we talk about in mythology to get our kids to do what we want them to do. God is someone that will come alive and set your hearts on fire and change your whole way of living. They got up and went right back to Jerusalem. Like, what were they doing? They were on their way to Emmaus, and all of a sudden they just, okay, we're done. Let's go back where we came from. They were on a road to nowhere, doing nothing, and now they've got a purpose in life, and they headed in that direction. When God changes our life, nothing else matters. And we find a purpose and a meaning. In the book of Romans chapter 10, it says to us, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, your heart, that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. Not just saved from some eternal damnation. That's the, just the retirement account, okay? Saved from brokenness and aimlessness and, 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 and going nowhere. God takes us from a road to nowhere to purpose and power and possibilities. In the book of Philippians, it says to us, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That guy in the submarine, 107 days after the war was over, they pop up in Argentina. <laughs> I want you to picture the look on their faces when the people there said, dude, the war's been over for like three months. What have you been doing? We've been sailing around in a, in a submarine under the sea in the darkness with no idea what's going on, no clue what's happening in life, living in the darkness when they could have been living in the light. How many of us are doing the same thing? I have seen people's lives go from despair to joy. People who, who, who the world says are broken become leaders and, and people who accomplish amazing things through God. I've seen people's lives that are headed in the wrong direction completely turned around. Mine, several times. The war is over. God won. Today is the day we celebrate the victory. Amen? Amen? Hearts on fire. The kingdom of God is near. Easter is the day we celebrate that Christ has risen and he's alive. And we offer today that he can be alive for you as well. Savior is in the world today.
It's just added old man singing songs too long. (laughs) God wants to live in your heart and transform your life. Maybe you just have never had that experience. I'm going to invite you to that today. Maybe you experienced God long ago and walked away. And you need to rekindle that relationship with God. Or maybe you've had Christ in your heart and you've been ignoring him. Too busy on the road to nowhere to spend time with your Lord. Whatever it might be, today is a day to turn that back around to God. Will you pray with me? Dear God in heaven, I have sinned, but you already know that. Forgive me, Lord. Cause me to repent, to turn around, to change my life, to receive your power your presence, set my heart on fire, change this world through me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I'm going to tell you, I have no clue where I'd be, but I'm sure it'd be brokenness without God. I'm sure it'd be emptiness And I sure I would be wandering around more than we wandered in St. Armand's Circle. God is offering you today an absolute new beginning. Everything in your life that's been broken for your whole life today, I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, it is gone. Because God has decided a new beginning for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. 
Glory to God. Amen. Yeah.
Isn't God good? Amen. And we get to come to the table because Jesus has invited us to come. Everyone is welcome at the table. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come to the table this morning. God will meet you here. God will meet you in a way that you have never experienced before if you come seeking him. He wants to be with you. He wants to share salvation with you. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't it wonderful? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right. It's a good and a joyful thing. Always and everywhere to give thanks to God. God in every place, in everywhere, even on the road to nowhere, has decided to be with you. God has made a decision to meet you here at the table. To come and live in your life forever. And change it. For good. For good. And so with all the people on earth and all the angels in heaven, we praise the name of our God and our Lord. And we join together in their unending hymn, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, who came to live with us and was willing to die for us, that we might live forever. On the night in which he was betrayed, instead of returning anger or wrath, he returned love. He took the bread. He gave thanks to God, and he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you for the forgiveness of sin." Eat of this, remembering me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God, and then he gave it to his disciples, and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink of this, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has died. Christ, Christ is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence of children of God, the prayer Jesus taught us. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are assisting with communion come forward at this time, please? I'd like to share with you that there will be six stations. We ask that you come by either the outside aisles or the center aisle and return by the ones in between. Take the bread, dip it in the cup, and commune immediately. And you're welcome to pause at the rail to light a candle or for prayers for healing and anointing. Now you're invited to join us at the table, at the rail for prayers for healing, or to light a candle. As Pastor Lisa has said, all are welcome, all ages. God excludes no one from the table of the Lord. Come and join us.
If you're unable to come forward for communion and would like communion brought to you, please raise your hand at this time.
Some people wonder, why do I wear a tuxedo on Easter? Well, I just wear it for fun. But you know what's really cool? I don't have to think about what am I going to wear for Easter. I don't go to my closet and go, oh, I wonder what I should wear. I wonder which tie I should put on. You know, men have it easy. When they say formal, we put on the same thing every time. You know, Christianity's like that. Life is like a thousand roads in a, in, in a million directions. And sometimes we don't know which ones lead to nowhere or where we should go or what we should do. But life with Christ is just getting up and say, hey, Lord, just show me which way to go today. And off you go on a life and an adventure worth living. May God bless you. May God bless your Easter dinners. May God bless your Easter baskets. May God bless your day. May God bless your life. And may God fill you with his wonder and his glory and set your hearts on fire now and into eternity. Go in his peace. Happy Easter.